Go ahead and grab your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs 8, um, as we usually do, what it is we, we raise in the morning, we like to expand on in the evening. Uh, the problem is, as you can imagine, is since we talked about wisdom this morning, I thought, let's meet Lady Wisdom in the evening. Seemed pretty straightforward. The problem is, is, is there's a lot here. And so it may take us three, four weeks, something like that, to actually get through this chapter. I don't know. Um, I have no grand plan uh, with this chapter. We'll just go as long as it takes. Um, but uh, this is uh, a chapter that I think people spend too much time debating. Um, that, that Because wisdom is personified as a woman, um, she, she almost becomes her own entity. And I, I think that's not what Solomon's doing at all. If you ever read The Shack, you, you'll be familiar with that idea, although I don't rec- recommend that book. Well, let us read the first three verses, if you stand with me in reverence of God's word. Solomon writes on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, verse 1, Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portal, she cries aloud. We'll stop there. Let's pray. Our Father, let us, uh, we, we, we want to thank you for your love and your mercy, and we ask that you would be so kind as to move us to uh, become more like you. So open our hearts and our minds, our eyes and our ears, our mouth, our hands and our feet, that we would be more like Jesus. Lord, use us for your kingdom and glory. May I decrease so you can increase. In the name of your son, we pray. Amen. I don't know how this news escaped me, but... About seven years ago, 2016, hard to believe 2016 was seven years ago. But in 2016, a significant find was made at the uh, lake where the Loch Ness Monster resides. Would you like to know about it? This is important. Um, This is from Yahoo News, so you know it has to be true. Quote, a group of Nessie enthusiasts, which you know is going to be good, using a high-tech marine drone, have recently been conducting some of the most detailed scans of the lake bed ever. Well, that makes sense. we got to find Nessie. The vehicle allows sonars to scan just a few meters from the lock floor, giving resolutions uh, 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 several orders of magnitude greater than anything before, said project engineer Craig Wallace. These capabilities have already resulted in a couple of big finds. Literally, it says. For one, the device has discovered a 27-foot shipwreck on the bottom of the lock and Nessie himself. You didn't know this, did you? They found Nessie. Isn't that cool? Now, granted, it's a 30-foot replica of the legendary monster used in the 1970 movie The Private Life of Sherlock Holmes, but they found Nessie. He's been found. Well, of course, I, I don't think those who have dedicated their lives to looking for the Loch Ness Monster have really dedicated their lives to anything worth dedicating their lives to. But nevertheless, I, I will confess to you, I do find some of these cryptozoological creatures fascinating, from the New Jersey Devil to the Mothman. Not because I believe in any of them, I, I, I don't. It's because I'm interested in our obsession with finding them. Think about it. All around this country are rednecks with trail cams, and they've been there for 10 years, right? Rednecks looking to see what, what, what deer, you know, when the deer are coming by so for hunting season, or wanting to know what's bothering the chickens at, at late at night, whatever it is. There are trail cams all over the place. 
my son and I, we went exploring. We lived in a trailer, and we got caught on trail cams on someone's property, right? I got a text. This is you and your son. Stay off our property, right? And I wasn't a Loch Ness monster, right? We, we got trail cams everywhere all over this country, and yet it seems like we can't find any of these creatures. There's a great comedy bit uh, from Drybar that he, he makes the point that uh, his dream job is to surf for Bigfoot. He said that would be the one job his parents would say, shouldn't you just stay a comedian? And, and he says the reason he wants to search for Bigfoot is because he watches all the shows on the so-called History Channel, Scary Channel, and whatnot. And he finds that they will go an entire season searching for Bigfoot, find nothing. And then they get a new season of it. They go through another season looking for Bigfoot. They find nothing, but they know what he looks like. They know what he sounds like. They, 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 they know his trail, all of that stuff, but they never find anything. But around the country, as people are looking for these sort of creatures, Sasquatch, Chupacabra, werewolves, hillbilly beasts, my personal favorite as a Kentuckians, vampires, the wampus cat, all of these we are looking for. And I find it interesting how hard we will look, investigate, research, and dig for things that probably do not exist. And yet, we miss the things that are right in front of us. If I understand this passage right, that is what Solomon is, the point he's making about Lady Wisdom. She isn't some hidden entity. She isn't classified. Rather, she is right in front of us with or without our trail cams. And if we would just see her and therefore hear her and heed her words we would be much better off. Well, as we'll see, that, that uh, this, this chapter is broken into several parts. This week we'll see verses 1 through 3, the call of wisdom. Uh, next week, I believe verse 4 through 11, we'll look at, I think it's the content of wisdom or something like that. Uh, but the call of wisdom here in verses 1 to 3. Now, this beautiful section begins with an introduction to Lady Wisdom. There's a lot here, although it doesn't sound like it. Actually, scholars think the first 11 verses serve as like a forward, a preface, if you will. And, and so we don't actually meet Lady Wisdom until verse 12. It's somewhat autobiographical. So verse 12, I, wisdom, uh, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. You see how wisdom has become personified. I refer to her, it's clearly female, even in our passage, I refer to her as Lady Wisdom. That's a helpful way uh, for, for me to understand, understand this, this text. But what I want us to see in these three verses is, is as we're introduced to this figure, notice what she is associated with, right? This is the call of wisdom. She is, first of all, associated with a call. There in verse 1, does not wisdom call, does not does not understand, and you see the parallelism, does not understand and raise her voice. Now, this language of a call isn't unique in Proverbs. Throughout several places in Proverbs, wisdom is described as calling. Um, gra grab your, your, your Bibles. Turn to chapter 1. You'll do a little bit of flipping. Uh, it saved me a, 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 a PowerPoint. Chapter 1, verse 20. Wisdom. Now, notice here, wisdom again is a, is, is, is a, a proper noun. It isn't wisdom in general, but it's a personification of wisdom. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. You, you see again the, the gender specificity there, 
right? And, 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 and so you can keep going to verse 21. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Notice there that she, in chapter 1, calls out amid noise. That's good news, isn't it? Which means that, that if, if we train our hearing, we will be able to hear her voice through all the noise. Many of you all know that since I lost my hearing 11 years ago, um, I, I, I can't cipher through noise. My uncle, who, who just died, um, he and I went to the same ear, nose, and throat specialist. And there's 60 years difference between us, okay? Uh, 50 years, I think it is. So even though there's a 50-year age gap, we both went to the same ear doctor. I'll let you... Um, Think about that a little deeper, right? It was not encouraging to me, right? Um, his hearing was somehow better than mine there at the end. But nevertheless, uh, we would go out to eat with Uncle Kenny afterwards. And, and early on, Mom would drive all the way over. We'd have the kids with us and all that. And, and uh, he would ask, you know, where would you like to eat? And we always went wherever he wanted to eat. And, and my one request was, I'd like to go where I can hear things. Because one of the problems I have is that I can't cipher through noise. If two people are talking, I can't hear one over the other. I just hear them both almost equally. And so my uncle's idea was to go to Cracker Barrel. Now, you may like Cracker Barrel. I like as much as the next guy ate at Cracker Barrel this past Wednesday. But it is noisy. It's probably because there are sharp objects hanging over your head, right? And it bounces off the walls. And so he picked like the, 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 the noisiest restaurant ever. I couldn't, I couldn't cipher through, through all the noise. And, and, and what we see in this call is she has such a voice that you can hear her even through the noise if you will listen carefully. You and I do this all the time, you more than I. If, if there was a television in here right now, if you wanted to, you can sift through the noise of that television or that, or that baby crying, whatever the noise is, to hear something in particular. Or you could ignore me to hear the baby, whatever it, it, it might be. And that is what we, hear, we see here. He, he, that Solomon is saying wisdom cries out and can be heard. And the implication is that most, despite the calling, still ignore her. These are the definition of fools. Here is wisdom shouting out wisdom, and she is ignored for the sake of noise. So too to ignore the voice of wisdom here personified as a beautiful divine woman is to choose destruction folly and ruin. So she is associated not just with the call, but notice secondly, she is associated with a high place. Verse two, on the heights beside the way at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Notice that she isn't just screaming. She is, she, she is at a, she is at the heights. She is at a high place. Now this idea of standing on a high place and calling is developed more in chapter nine. I don't know if we'll look in chapter nine in any detail. I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But chapter nine continues this theme of Lady Wisdom. So look at it there, chapter nine, verse one. Wisdom, notice again, it's, it's the personification of wisdom. It's a proper noun. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come eat of my bread. Drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. 
Again, notice the emphasis is, is that in, in an age before microphones, high altitude is the key to being heard. You can go to places right now to where the acoustics were designed so that a large number of people could hear a single person without a microphone. When I was at Goshen, one of our, our, my predecessors there, he had one of those natural voices that carried. You know, he, he could be in a stadium without any technology, 50,000 people, and everyone would hear him. He was just gifted with that sort of voice. Most of us don't have a voice like that. And so what you would have is when people would herald things, they would go to a high place. We, we get this even today. Um, if, 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 if you want to be heard, uh, you will stand above everyone else. Now, now here again, the, the emphasis is on her message being heard. Her message isn't classified. It's public. She is standing at a high place where everyone can see her and, and hear her, and it is open for everyone to hear and see her, and you can either accept her message or reject it. Related to that is that she stands um, at a, a crossroads. Uh, this, again, is in verse 2. She stands at the heights beside the way. At the crossroads, she takes her stand. Your, your, your Bible may say pathway or just path. Same sort of idea. She stands at the path. She stands at the crossroads. This is actually interesting detail here. So far in Proverbs, the path is a metaphor for life's journey. We use this all the time, that you're, you're going down the road of life or something like that. The Proverbs is the same thing. Now, we need to note here that in Proverbs, there is the pathway of wisdom. There is the pathway of folly. Uh, the Proverbs 115, My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their path. This is the path of folly. Go back to chapter 7. We, we see this path. Chapter 7, verse 24. This, is, this uh, introduces what we have here in chapter 8. You'll notice that in chapter 7, we get Solomon warning his son about the seductress. Don't fall for her. Don't be driven by lust. So we get this chapter 7, verse 24. And now, O sons, listen to me. Be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your hurt turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For many victims she, she laid low, and all her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is the way to the grave, or Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. And now we see you could go down the pathway of folly, the seductress here, or you could follow the pathway of wisdom. And this pathway of wisdom is developed elsewhere. You, you can go to chapter 3, for example. Chapter 3 of of Proverbs. Verse 13. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom, the one who gets understanding, for the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. He'll say something similar in verses, I think, 10 and 11 of chapter 8. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her hand, in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. You see the contrast? One pathway is the pathway of folly, which leads to death, ruin, destruction. Then there is the pathway of wisdom, which leads to abundance, blessing, and joy. So here we have a lady at the crossroads at a high place uh, uh, calling out the way of wisdom calling out above the noise. And she offers you life. And to reject her is to assume death. 
Proverbs 12:28 in the path of righteousness is life and its pathway in its pathway there is no death. So we see then that she is associated with a call, she's associated with a high place, she's associated with the crossroads of her path. And fourthly, she is associated with a gate there in verse 3. Besides the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portal she cries aloud. Now, this is strange language for us because we don't have gates, at least not in the way the ancient world did. In the ancient world, you had walls and you had gates. All of that was for security. But in the ancient world, the gate was the, 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 the singular place where business, economics, and political decision-making was, was made. We, we see the gate reference in, in random places throughout the Old Testament, and, and the, the writer assumes you know that because the writer's writing in the ancient world. For example, uh, remember that Lot chooses to go towards Sodom because he thought it, the land was like the Garden of Eden. And, and every time we see Sodom, he's closer and closer to the city, right? And, and we see in Genesis 19.1, the two angels came to Sodom in the evening. Lot was sitting in the gates. He was now a prominent member of the city. Involved in its decision-making. You remember that um, really difficult-to-read story of the Shechemites when uh, uh, the, the, the king and his son um, wanted to marry Jacob's daughter? It's a, it's a, it's a terrible story. Well, the decision to circumcise all the Shechemites was made at the gate because of where all the decisions are made. Let me give you one more example of this, a little more pleasant one. When Boaz wants to marry Ruth, Remember, that is a legal contract because he is a, a kinsman redeemer. He's not the closest kinsman redeemer. So in order to become the kinsman redeemer, he has to go to the court. And that happens at the gate, uh, Ruth 4.1. Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there. And so it makes sense then, doesn't it, that you have, you have wisdom on a high place at a crossroads calling out, and she's associated with the gates. So when we see that her words, her call, her message is one that should be welcomed at the city gates. The gate of of the the city is what bridges the countryside and the city. And so so that's why you you have that there. Neither have the advantage over the other. And, And so Solomon is saying, there you will find Lady Wisdom. If you will listen to her voice. And the gate shows up throughout Proverbs. Proverbs 22 says, Do not rob the poor because he is poor, or crush the afflicted at the gates. For the Lord will plead their cause and rob of life those who rob them. Notice what Solomon's saying there. Isn't just, it isn't just care for the poor, but rather understand that the city, the nation, has an obligation to the poor and the afflicted at the gates. And who will you find at the gate? Wisdom. By the way, you also find folly there. But you already knew that, didn't you? Proverbs 31, 23. Her husband, this is the the, the woman of virtue, right? Her husband is known in the gates where he sits among the elders of the lands. You see, by by the virtuous woman in her work as a virtuous woman, it isn't just that she she is virtuous, but also that her husband, who is the subject that 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 passage is actually written to, is written to a man, not to a woman, about what sort of woman to look for. So while she is virtuous, he becomes honorable. 
I think I've done it here. I know I did it at Goshen, a, a sermon series on Mother's Day and Father's Day. One is the virtuous woman, the Proverbs 31 woman, the Proverbs 31 man. He's all over the place. And so you see his presence at the gate. Why? Because wisdom is at the gate. And you need honorable people of wisdom there at the gate. All of this implies that for a society to be just and for shalom to triumph, lady wisdom must be given a seat of honor in our public lives. And therefore, we can either choose to listen to lady folly in at the gate or lady wisdom, and we will either be blessed as a result or we will be brought to ruin. Again, I will let you decide which one we choose as a nation. Now, you read these and you realize that None of, these, none of these metaphors make any sense when you put them together. How can someone call out on a high place that is also a crossroads at the gates? You can't. You can't. What you have then is a mixture of metaphors. Is that Solomon is merely introducing us to the lady who will then lay out everything starting in verse 12 in her autobiography. However, by using these metaphors and associating them with Lady Wisdom, I think there's some things we can, we can get from this. I think I just have two, two points, Maybe, and Lord willing, we'll get out early. We'll beat the youth out, right? That's always the goal. First of all, because of these metaphors, we discover that wisdom is universal. Lady Wisdom's positions, the gate, the crossroads, so on and so forth, means that it is available to all people. Like, on the one end, we, we, we may think, okay, of course she's at the gate. That's where the important people are. Decision makers are. Or we may think she's not at the gate. She's over there at the crossroads outside the city. You think, well, of course, because smart people can't seem to find her, right? But actually, what Solomon says is you will find her wherever it is that you look. Because lady wisdom is universal and available to everyone. This is to say you don't need expensive degrees to learn from her, to find her, to follow her. She is universally available, and she is easy to, to get to know. She is not a mysterious woman who hides in the dark. That is the personification of Lady Folly. In fact, we, we didn't mention this. The crossroads are associated in Proverbs with Lady Wisdom, but also in Proverbs and ancient culture, that is associated with harlots. Because the crossroads is where the most traffic is. So you see then that her call is above the noise. She is at a high place where you can find her. She's at the crossroads, even where you think you couldn't find her. And she's at the gate where she's really needed. She's universally available to us. She's not mysterious. She's not in the dark. Lady Folly, on the other hand, is, and she, is, she seeks to seduce, to lie, and to corrupt from the shadows. Lady Wisdom is loud and out in the open. One of the things I was thinking about reading, reading these verses in, in this chapter this week is, it has been my experience that most of our problems, personally, as family, as a church, as community, as a country, whatever, most of our problems could be resolved quite easily with a simple dose of common sense. Have, have you ever, isn't that the frustrating thing about like everything in life? It's just, it's just frustrating. Um, my wife's not here. The, the, my my brother-in-law had his 20th wedding anniversary today, so so she, she, she went to do that. And, and, uh, but, I've learned in marriage that men are quiet 
because they, this is going to sound bad. Let me finish my thought. This is in my notes, so it means I will get in trouble. Um, um, men are, don't use as many words, but they think in terms of many words. They work through it, and then they speak. From what I can tell, ladies, you, 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 you speak, and you work your way through it, right? Remember, men are waffles, women are spaghetti. Let, let, let me give, give you some thought. That if my wife has a decision to make, she will go from point A to B to C to D to B to D to A to C to B to A to D to B to C. Oh, back to A where we started. And what she's doing is she's working out the decision making. But when she communicates all of that with me, she, we actually went through this yesterday morning, planning our day. It just, it wore me out. I got up and just, just walked out. I, I just can't take this anymore, right? Is, is I'll say, I think the answer is A. Simple solution to this, A, just choose A. Well, you know, I would just really like, you can't choose A. I know, but, but if we could really stop with that, just choose A, right? You could save so much trouble with this, right? That, that a lot of our conflicts, right, it comes down to, to there's a simple solution, but for some reason we, we hesitate to take that. One of the things I've found with um, the rise of, say, someone like Dave Ramsey, before him was Larry Burkett, if anyone remembers him, and there's been various uh, financial gurus along the way, um, is, is that what makes them so... Uh, beloved and famous is not their brilliance it's their common sense i I, talk, I mentioned this a little bit this, this morning that that i will sit down with the young couples before they get married and, and i'll help them fill out a budget right so it's a zero-based budget i take it straight from dave ramsey i don't agree with everything dave ramsey does but most of it's just common sense stuff right and the whole point is to say you think okay i'm living off my income i'm gonna add their income will be rich good luck with that what you need to do is actually sit down with a budget so that your, as we said this morning, your outcome doesn't trump your income. That's common sense. If you're going to buy a house, you need to sit down and count the costs. You, you need to think, okay, are we going to live here for the next 10 years, 15, 30 years, right? If not, what, what are we going to do in terms, of, in terms of down payment? Should we save first? We, you know, you, you, a lot of it's just common sense stuff. If for some reason... <laughs> Most of us are too foolish to, 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 to do it. And that's what I, I, I really just struck out to me is that Lady Wisdom and really the book of Proverbs, it isn't just brilliant things. It's common sense. Go back over chapter 7 where it has to do with the issue of lust, being seduced by the seductress. A lot of it is, what Solomon is saying to his son is, don't do it. Stop it. You think you're the exception to the rule. You're not. Stop Right? Wisdom is often associated with common sense. After all, most of us know what we ought to do. We just rarely do it. For example, we know, we know screaming at someone is unlikely to solicit good results. Well, you know, I just had to tell him what I was thinking. Hey, I got a little testy, but you know what? He had it coming. Did that resolve the issue? Nope, it created a lot more. You think? You think it created a lot more problems? Yeah. We, we know that violence solicits revenge. We know that bitterness is a poison. We know that addiction destroys, lust ruins relationships, and lying is bad. We know these things, but we don't do them. Why is that? Wisdom calls from the high places. 
She stands at the crossroads. She's right there. If only we would heed her message and listen to what she has to say. So often we are seduced, not by the not by the woman who is public, but by the one who is hidden in the dark. Well, secondly, wisdom is universal. Secondly, wisdom is good. She both warns at the crossroads and guides at the gates. We need both. The harlots are at the crossroads. The politicians are at the gates. You will find her at both. She warns. She guides. This is what wisdom does. Without her guidance, societies, homes, marriages, and lives collapse. I came across an old Ronald Reagan joke, and I thought this is a good place to put it. Okay, I don't know where else to put it. Ronald Reagan, you know, in his speeches, you know, taking on the, uh, the big baddie of communist uh, Soviet uh, Union, he loved to tell jokes making fun of the Soviet Union. And this is a good one. He says that in Soviet Union, 1980s, if you wanted to buy a car, it would take 10 years before you actually got your car. I don't know if that's true or not, but I like to think it was true. And so you, so you go in to buy your car, you fill out all the paperwork, you exchange money, and the guy will say, um, come back in 10 years. And so the man buying the car, he says, okay, should I come in the morning or should I come in the evening? The communist sales weasel says, well, what does it matter? It's in 10 years. He says, well, the plumber is coming in the morning. In 10 years. Come on, guys. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, Y'all a bunch of communists. That's what I think. Right? I, I, I guess Reagan is just better at telling jokes. What's that? That's right. That's right. When are you going to pick up the car? Uh, it's <laughs> um, anyway. So, but the point is, is, is communism. I, I think because it 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 doesn't work. It sounds good. Let's all get together, light a candle, sing the Coca-Cola theme song, and share our, our belongings. The problem is, as an economic policy, it actually destroys the economy. So, so only fools might believe that. And that is really Reagan's point in all of his jokes, is, 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 is that it takes wisdom to see that system of waiting 10 years for a car is madness. Why would anyone submit to something like that? So to wisdom, when applied, is good. It is good. It is for your good. It is for my good. It is for our good. If only we would heed her message. That means that the pursuit of wisdom is an act of love. To grow in wisdom is to love practically. Fools may claim to love, but they will only harm because they are foolish. The pursuit of wisdom is good. A society that ignores her um, is a society that hates itself and hates its neighbors. Wisdom is good. Well, I mentioned earlier about those strange creatures that we're looking for that probably don't exist, but we, we miss the things in front of me. And that, of course, uh, sounds like men. Actually, as we'll see next week, Lord willing, verse 4, this, this chapter is clearly written to men. Verse 4, you'll see it there. To you, O men, I call. It's particularly targeting men. And I think there's a good reason for it. I bet every guy here has had that experience. Let's say your, your wife says, Honey, we go in the refrigerator and grab my yogurts. I don't know, something women would eat, the men would yogurt. I don't know. He said, okay, where is it? Well, when you open it up, it's on the middle shelf in the front. You can't miss it. He opens it up, and he looks, and he looks, and he looks, and he looks, and he can't find it. 
Ladies, they were sending your husband to, I don't know, Michael's or some godless place like that to where everything just looks exactly the same, one aisle to the other. And you say, if you'll go to the third aisle on the left, on the second, the bottom shelf, it is right there. You can't miss it. And he's looking and he's looking and he's looking. You can't find it. Take your husband grocery shopping and you'll say, this is something I want. And you'll tell him exactly where it is. He will even look it up on the Kroger app, which tells him what aisle it is in. And he will look and he will look and he will look and he can't find it. Men can see the forest, but we can't find a tree. We do the same thing when it comes to wisdom. Somehow, wisdom is right in front of us, and yet we're blinded to her. We're deaf to her. But Solomon says, don't be that way. Search the scriptures. Pray for it. Worship Christ. Grow in love. Repent of sin. In doing so, you will hear her call, and you will see her so as to follow her. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll, be, we'll just be dismissed.